Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. I'm your host, Mike Davis, and each week I bring you conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and inspiring positive social change across a wide variety of sectors. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy the next 40 minutes guaranteed to inspire you with our signature blend of wisdom, experience, and banter. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. The tunnel's not going away. And it's like, I've been living in this tunnel for 14 years, and the tunnel just gets crazier and crazier. But if you want to truly make a difference and truly do something that um, makes an impact, um, you need to get comfortable with the tunnel because the tunnel is not going anywhere. It's just going to be how you choose to interact with it, which, you know, that's a great like, line. I, was, I walked off the back of that. Like, oh, fluffy. Welcome back to another action-packed episode of Humans of Purpose. First off, a big thank you to our major sponsor, Neon Treehouse, for all their social media support. Before we get started, just a quick reminder that if you want the complete Humans of Purpose experience, which means early access to every episode, no annoying ads, full transcripts, a personal audio note on the behind the scenes of each episode and guest, and a chance to be introduced to any of our guests and more, this is all entirely possible. All you need to do is become a gold member to gain access to this world of benefits that will continue to grow as membership does too, and all for the price of just a cup of coffee each month. To become a gold member, just hit the link in our show notes. If you want to come on Humans of Purpose to promote your organization, products or services, we're open to just five opportunities per year for this to happen to cover our costs of operation. If you're keen and you've got a values-aligned opportunity for our amazing audience, just check out our range of promotional packages and the new partner inquiry form in our show notes and we'll be in touch. This week, I'm thrilled to bring you my conversation with Michael Kulakan. Michael is director at Circle Group with a Q. Circle Group is a technology recruitment and professional services company that exists to shift our world closer to kindness, sustainability, awareness and action. This was a fun episode to record, and I admire that Michael has set out to do something highly transformative and impactful with Circle, while still being in the early stages of developing this social enterprise. He's very open to learning as he goes, and it's a great episode where we spend a bunch of time chatting about the challenges and growth opportunities that emerge from running an early stage social enterprise. Make sure you stay tuned for the last 20 minutes of the episode, where we go deep into Michael's learned wisdom as part of our new meditation segment. This is a part of the podcast where I get to ask my most important questions that go to wisdom, well-being, routine, experimentation, and aspiration. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Michael as much as I did. Michael, absolute pleasure to have you back, mate. Or should, should it be Mike? Would you prefer to have two mics on the podcast? <laughs> oh, mate, whatever's easiest, honestly. I, uh, I'm very grateful for you having me. Thank you. Where do we find you today? Pardon me, sir? Where do we find you today? Whereabouts are you? Uh, so I'm in Queensland, so in uh, the beautiful Brisbane city, slightly warmer than um, down south where you are in Melbourne. Is it um, idyllic and perfect today as always? It, mate, always. Can't can't get it better than here. No, no it, it is actually a very nice you know, 20-odd degrees and, and, uh, and sunny, so no complaints here, mate. Very happy. Well, I just want to, for a bit of context, take us back to the Social Enterprise World Forum where I don't know how I got talking to you, but um, you seem to be everywhere and all up in my business. I think you're asking why I autographed because of the <laughs> podcast or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, um, right? yeah. but, but, but lovely chatting with you about what you're doing at um, Circle. And I just thought what a great opportunity to talk to somebody who's uh, doing a lot of great work in tech, social enterprise. Um, maybe to kick off, let's hear a little bit about your journey into the space and how you started Circle, uh, what got you interested in tech and social enterprise, and just, yeah, a bit about your early days and what led, led you into where you are today. Yeah, happy days, mate. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess, so I started Circle Group probably about 18 months ago. So to, to give context, right, like we are very much so a, a young business and we're just giving it a go. Um, the I started it. We started as a social enterprise because we wanted to be a part of, you know, a, a part of the good of the world. You know, the, the the shift in motion towards making a positive difference, and um, the whole the whole concept was really about creating a a commercial cash flow that was outside of government control, I guess. Um, and so our whole view is we're going to create as much money as possible um, through a services based business within within IT. 
And um, through that, we have legally binding caveats in place to redirect the funds. So we're, we're not necessarily solving an individual problem. That's kind of one thing that I was has been really clear from the beginning. We don't want to, I guess, fix an individual problem, say poverty or any or climate change. Right? We're we're here to enable a solution. So there's a lot of incredible people that are that are working with, um, working with and 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 working in and, and doing some incredible things to, to to fix those problems. Um, we recognise that the, the problems are going to change over time, and, and we'd like to try and be a part of the solution um, over time. And so create a create a cash flow. You know, create an excellent business. I guess at the start that, that does that delivers does what it says it's going to do and delivers, you know, good projects. And then off the back of that, take the money for it and um, and use it for good. And so we have a forty percent. Uh, so forty percent of the profits go back towards social initiatives. Forty percent towards environmental initiatives. The remaining twenty percent is used as a um, grantor investment fund for early stage profit profit for purpose businesses. So if we can try and I guess yeah. That's to uh, do as much as good as possible. That's that's talk about doing as much as possible. That's way beyond the fifty percent that's called for under the social enterprise um, definition of needing to reinvest profits. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. entirely that's an entirely circular social enterprise by the sounds of things. Yeah, well, that's the that's the idea. Uh, oh, look, mate, I had I was very naive stepping into uh, <laughs> into the business. Um, I didn't, you know, I. I first kind of drummed up the idea quite a few years back, right? And um, you know, and it's it's probably, I guess, more politically driven than anything. Just in the fact that if we can have this system within the system, and not to say that we can do this, right? It's the whole, it's social enterprises, right? If 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 the social enterprise movement as a whole can can scale and can become, you know, quite a significant part of the of the business landscape, we can effectively make capitalism more sustainable. And yep. that's, you know, that's what we're really chasing. And so, and so how, how do we maximize social enterprise? How, how do we, how do we try and solve more of these problems or enable more of these solutions over time? And that's, that's, uh, that's the whole, the whole concept of um, what we're doing. Yeah. Let's talk about your unique governance structure. So um, setting up a, a trust for distribution separate to the sort of operations is a very interesting. How did you come to that? And tell us about how that um, is an effective vehicle for change. Oh, look, this is such an interesting conversation because we are <laughs> trying to decide whether we make the change to having the having a not-for-profit structure that owns the entity as opposed to the trust. Um that was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that. Uh, thought we were going halfsies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. So, so you know, watch this space. I guess where it's it's a tricky. I don't think I recommend the trust structure as a business, as a business model. Fair enough. We, Fair enough. You know, we, I, I did I did this. Um, you know, I'm a very big fan of um, Thank You Group and Thank You, um, what they what they did, and, and so we mirrored their structure. Yeah. Uh, and try try to try to create it um, in a similar way because from what I from the research from the Oh, very under-researched, um, you know, research that I did. It was uh, that was the most uncorruptible structure that we could set. That was that was the whole the whole idea. I we want to we want to have it so that you know there's no way around it. We, we sell the business and we don't get equity. There's no value to owning the business. You sell it and. All of the all of the money goes back towards either the projects that we're running or, or the charity partners that we're working with. 
So fascinating stuff. Talk to us a bit about what you actually do um, on a day to day perspective. Because yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I think I went a little bit too like um, deep uh, governance um, impact, but maybe let's start at the nuts and bolts and then move into that space a bit more. Yeah, mate. No, absolutely, absolutely. So look, we at its core, and this it's funny because you talk about the impact, but but really the impact, and we often you know say this when we're when we're talking to clients. In, Impact is is quite honestly secondary to to the work that we do. The delivery is at the, is at the core. So um, we're a bit of a there's essentially three biz, three businesses you could say. So firstly, there's a recruitment firm. Secondly, there's a professional services firm. Thirdly, there's a um, charity entity. Now, the recruitment firm. So we work with anything from I guess a permanent and retained recruitment engagements and and bit of um, contracting based engagements. Um, secondly, we have the professional services firm. So it's all within the realm of IT. So we can, I guess, put bums on seats. So help help people find jobs and, and help organizations find um, technical talent within IT. And then secondly, we work in IT project delivery. And so that's that's a that's a core, that's probably the, the core function of the business. So um, we will build the teams to to deliver the projects. And, and so we, we have different types of, I guess, flexible engagement options that we can, that we work with to to, to, help, to help work with the clients as to what they're looking for, so we can take on a um, component of the component of risk. Um, we can take on, I guess, the the full outcome, and then we can build the team to help deliver that project. And that's 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 really where we work in. So I guess from an IT delivery perspective, we are very much so technology agnostic. We don't really work in any one area. It could be kind of. Um, we're you know we're working on a, a front end development project at the moment. We're doing a security uplift at the moment. Um, we can work in infrastructure and cloud migrations. We can work in ERP and kind of system implementation projects. There's nothing that really we really don't um, don't play in from I guess a tech perspective. But yeah, it's all about I guess um, large scale digital transformation projects is typically the kind of core area that we play in. Sounds awesome and exciting. And I, I, I'm curious, like, did you plan to start this as a social enterprise? And, and what was your kind of understanding of social enterprise before this? I mean, I sort of wondered to myself upon meeting with you and chatting with you, like, if not this, might you have started a completely different social enterprise with the goal of reimagining capitalism? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, so, I mean, the I've always, I've always wanted to start a, a charity type social enterprise um, business that's that's you know i've i've had multiple attempts at businesses over the years um and that haven't uh worked out i guess and what i realized in those attempts were that if you're going to do something you need to love it you need to really want it to you need to believe in what you're, you're trying otherwise it's it's just not feasible um and so i guess part of that process was me figuring out that this is this is what i want and this is what i want to want with my life and and so yes it was always going to be a social enterprise um you know, i had a i wrote like a, a book and a little program four, four or five years ago that i went to mates to try and um, propose a, a a program to run um with them as a, as a charity and it was it was always going to be a means but i guess the profit model of circle group was something that kind of grew over year it grew over a period of time and that's that's um that that i think is probably where we and you know currently we're not making it's funny because i talk about these things in in the context of because i truly believe that it's going to work right and i and i and i'm really excited for the future and to be a part of that but at this in the same token we don't i don't feel like i deserve to be talking to you right like it's a a, i'm just i'm just working on it and I believe uh, it'll work. You're the, you're the perfect but, person to talk to because you're giving an insight into what it's like to start something. Um, and we don't know if anything we try is going to succeed until we're in it, we're passionate, we're committed, and you just give it a go, right? That's it. That's it. You just got to give it a nudge from time to time, and 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 it and it's the um, and it's fun, and it's it's an exciting, and it's it's stressful, and 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 it's a and it's a bloody adventure, and 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 why not? You know, like what's yeah. the what's the point if not? I mean, I love uh, what you're all about and sort of wanted to ask you about, I mean, obviously connecting at the Social Enterprise World Forum was awesome, but I mean, I see that you're involved in the the local chapter there in Queensland, the SEC, Queensland Social Enterprise Council. Um, you're, you're certified mm. with social traders. How has the community uh, been and what's it like being part of that social enterprise community for your um, for your business and what you do? 
you know, it's got to be one of the more refreshing kind of um, parts of this journey it has been meeting the people. Because, uh, because when I, you know, you asked before, and I probably didn't answer the question because I waffled, and I apologise about that. <laughs> um, but you know, you are what, what's um, a, a part of the journey. It's all about finding uh, the people, and they have. Um, I really didn't know what to expect when I started a social enterprise. I didn't know what it meant. I, I, I just wanted to. I, I didn't know the difference between a charity and a social enterprise. I didn't, and. I stepped in and I started this business. My first experience was that businesses didn't care, um, which was a very important thing for me to kind of learn because fundamentally I'm not fixing their problems. They've, they've, got a, they've got a problem and I need to provide a solution. So I need, to com- I need to compete at a commercial level. I need to be providing a service that is as good, if not better than my competitors. Um, and I, and you know, when I talked to people in the business world, they just didn't care about what we're trying to do. That was my first initial feeling. And then I stepped into QSEC and the first QSEC meeting I went to, I remember saying that to people. I met, to, I met a couple of people um, you know, and I said, it's like, yeah, my, I, people just don't care. And then they just looked around like, <laughs> mate, where are you? Why are you here? Like, there's there's a people, we all care. Like, I don't know. Um, so that was, you know, and, and Every interaction that I've I've gotten to have, it's funny. It's there's just been this. You just get these people that I just everyone's doing something special, and everyone's trying to make the world a, a better place or make their world a better place in some way, shape, or form, or help somebody. And it's and it's just so collaborative, and it's so refreshing every step of the way. Everyone's keen to help, and everyone's keen to. Um, work together and that's the difference that's the thing i love about social enterprise which i and i where i can i will never leave this sector because the competition is replaced with um collaboration and, and it's and it's and it's just like how can we work together to, to, to fix something to make it better which is just awesome it's a beautiful thing that's really well said and summed up what are some of the challenges, I guess, of running like a competitive commercial business, not com- competitive with that social enterprise ecosystem, but a businesses, you know, compete against other businesses um, as a social enterprise? Are there drawbacks in terms of your model and what you what you can and can't offer? Do you have to make certain trade-offs? Um, does it make it harder to compete? Just curious as to what that environment's like as a social enterprise. Or perhaps you find that there's an edge where people say, oh, look, they're a social enterprise. We want to work with them even more, and we're you know that's a advantage. So I guess there's two two parts to that. So, firstly, starting up, um, what it, it can be a distraction, the impact piece, um, and and so I would say, at the start, it has absolutely been probably something that I spent more time on than I should have the impact side, um, and that really took me away from the core service offering of the business, which meant that I didn't get to, um, I guess, build the fundamental piece that is keeping us alive. Like at the end of the day, if I'm not delivering on projects or bringing on new clients or, you know, um, finding the right people to deliver the projects, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing my job and I'm not, I'm not creating a sustainable business. And so how can, I, how can I preach sustainability if I'm not creating a, you know, a financially sustainable business? Um, so, so that's, that's a, I think easy thing cause it's very exciting and it's fun. Like that's the fluffy fun stuff. That's the whole reason you get into it. Right. Um, so I think at first the, it, it was that a mistake that I made was definitely spending a lot of time on that and getting, getting caught up in the, in that side of it. Um, I think since then, um, you know, we've, we've really firmed up our service offering and we're positioning ourselves in the market in a much, um, much, much better way. And um, there, over the last kind of 12, 24 months, there has been a, a really significant push um, with, with social procurement, um, which, which, we've, um, I, I, which has also meant that they have, we've, we're, we're getting, convert, we're getting, we're not necessarily transacting as that yet, but we're getting, into rooms that we wouldn't have previously been able to, and that's that's been um, that's taken time, and that's that's um, been hard. But I think it's definitely not been all us. I think we're definitely that's based on the structure. And you know, at the end of the day, business structure isn't necessarily 
doesn't necessarily support that of a um, so transacting with social enterprises. That's that's why social procurement is so important. But people still care. So, like, if you can find the people within businesses that that, that want to do good, that you know that 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 chase that, like, that's that's the that's the primary goal, right? Totally. And I, and I think there is a point in discussions that I found, and maybe look, I could be a victim of just being a bit. Um, in in my space and in my lane but i do notice that in my space that when you do mention you're a social enterprise or you work at a social enterprise a certain spark goes off in the right people's eyes those who are connected to that kind of um ideas around reimagining capitalism and sort of reshaping a new economy and trying to contribute to positive social change it is sort of a different conversation you're entering into isn't it with the right values aligned people or clients yeah, uh, it's funny you say alignment, aligned, right? Because because alignment is the word that we use fifty times a day when we're talking to, um, you know, prospective kind of consultants, or we're talking to new clients, or we're talking to kind of anyone. It's, it's like, are we aligned? Like, what are we chasing here? This is a um a really because if you don't have that, if they don't have that kind of want. Like we want, it's just it's it's a still a conversation, but but you could you know there's 50 fantastic conversations that could have been had it had with other people elsewhere. So it's just about prioritizing the right people who are who are keen to you know join you on the journey, or you join on you join them on their journey. Like I'm, I'm again a baby in this <laughs> compared to you know some of the legends out there. And speaking of that, I mean, I think what you do bring that's um, really actually very appealing and draws people in is a bit of um, vulnerability plus reflectiveness plus, you know, the offering of being well-traveled and trying to figure it out. You know, you, you mentioned earlier about having a few businesses that didn't work. I think we all know that usually one's first business doesn't work and it's a second or third that does really succeed. But, you know, most people always talk about, oh, yeah, I started a company and now it's a unicorn. So I'm, I'm amazing. You know, look at me kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but we all know that that's not the path most traveled. Um, what do you think that adds to one's experience, sort of, you know, what you've been through and what you've experienced and sort of the false starts and whatnot and, and how is that? kind of made you um who you are and what you're capable of bringing to the table today um, oh look i think the the false starts and the i'm a very i'm a very big believer in you know there's you don't fail you don't mess up you know i had a laugh before you know that i i've met this is my first formal kind of conversational podcast right i had a laugh before that this I might absolutely, um, I think I used a different terminology, but, you know, this might, I might do a poor job of, you know, representing myself in this podcast. Um, I'd say it's going okay. Yeah, all right. That's good. Cheers. Well, thank you. Uh, (laughs) But in the same token, right? Like it's, it's, um, I'm, that's also exciting. That's also wonderful. What a brilliant life experience to, to sit on a podcast and, and, and do a terrible job. Like how good is that? And it's not not great for my audience, but I appreciate you trying. (laughs) Yeah, well, there is that. So sorry, everybody. Um, but, <laughs> but so, and, and business is the same, right? Like at these these attempts at, at things that um, some are just absolutely shocking. Like I, I, I won't um, I won't bore you with the details of some of the companies that we've. You that can we've if you want. I've got oh, time. Mate, mate. Oh lord, oh, like a an appalling clothes brand, clothing brand, like appalling. Like a you, you're you're a well dressed guy. I'd probably buy something no, that you made. Oh, We're selling. That no, doesn't, that doesn't speak well to your style, mate. You're doing tie dyed uh, <laughs> crop, crop tops or something. Or what are you doing? <laughs> stringlets of the stringlets of the primary. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Brisbane fashion just ain't what it used to be, my friend. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, but I think but, you know, um, there is something to say about you know having tried things, um, them not working out, and then maybe there is something to learn about you know when you try the next thing. Um, um, maybe yeah, your well, cri- well, criteria it. shifts or you're a bit more open to what what resonated for me with what you just said is that you're never like you are not a failure because something you've tried doesn't work um, and that word fail- failing or failure might not be appropriate or even useful for one's journey in in life or work yeah absolutely I, I guess I like and I'm a I'm a, a bit of a blind optimist and I, I, I often have you know get get my mates take the take the piss out of me for for 
for being in in such a such a way in many many ways. But um, you know, there are no negatives. I, I truly I, tr- I truly believe that if you can if you can, and I'm and and I and I recognise that I say that from an incredible position of privilege. Um, so, so like that 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 I, there's a there's a grain of salt there, right? Like I'm not. I'm not naive to to how fortunate I am with with the family and the life that I've that I've been able to to lead and, and the support networks that I've had as as, mm. I've, as I've as I've grown, um, but I but I truly believe that um, you have the power to um, exist and overcome scenarios and um, and what you experience is what you learn and what you learn is is what you what you take with you into the future and that and that is really how you define yourself and, that, and that's kind of what I try and pursue i guess with with it, i mean there's a lot of positivity and a lot of upside to that lifestyle um is everyone with you always on that journey because I, I find oh, nah. <laughs> nah, well i like they're i like because like, i love the reaction stupid, right yeah i mean <laughs> i mean that's a good reaction because i mean you know sometimes some, yeah like i'm i'm so with you on that level because you know i remember with my startup um originally in social impact consulting before i spun out just a podcast uh i said to my wife um at the time like i'm just gonna do a startup and she's like no you're bloody not you better get a job uh, <laughs> yeah. at least three days a week whilst you do that otherwise uh, i'm out of here so yeah, um, yeah. you know so Fair. i think i think i think it's great like it's really good to be blindly optimistic but i think you know we all need some guardrails and maybe at the time it's hard to kind of take that advice but in the end like yeah. i think it, it sort of helped a lot for me certainly oh yeah absolutely like uh, just just a bit of context yeah. just a second opinion like yeah. mate, what are you what are you talking about this doesn't work for so many reasons it's like <laughs> but yeah like, how, how no, widely I, do I you consult on on things like you know on circle when, when you were getting started i mean you mentioned that you just went out and um tried a few other businesses that didn't quite work but with circle do you was it something that with your ideation, your creation process, are you going out to a lot of your your colleagues or trusted mentors, or how do you um, how do you think when you you want to start something new? Is it just diving out there and then looking for feedback? Do you um, consult broadly? What's what's your sort of process? We uh, no, that's you, you. There's a there's a fair bit of I guess risk management that 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 I apply with i guess the running of circle group i won't i won't pitch for a project that we can't deliver on mm-hmm. um, and we'll focus in on areas that we that we can um because if we don't deliver we, we don't make impact so if if we you know i i can't remember where i heard it i heard it from somewhere but you know you, you, you're doing your cause a disservice if you if you're providing a a shoddy um, a shoddy service or a shoddy product, right? Whatever within within the context of social enterprise, and so so. Yes, we will consult when it comes to the areas of kind of capability building, and you know what we're good at. You know, I know how to build a good IT project team, and I can help in that area generally. But if we're talking about specifically building that team for an organization, depending on kind of where it's at, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot of factors that come into play. Which you know, what's your budget? Like what capability do we have? How like where can we access this talent? Like what, um, what's your timeframes? Like what are the overall market conditions that are, that are impacting? You know what you're trying to do. Um, what's the what's the technology and availability of it? Like so so yeah. What's your current stack <laughs> that, that we're building on? You know, there's there's lots there's lots to uh, talk to. So yeah, no, we're very cautious about taking on um, projects. So when we take on a project, we want to make sure we're delivering on that project, I guess. Is, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I was sort of more thinking like if we went back a little bit before you started Circle Group, so oh. you're you're thinking around the formation of Circle Group and what it would be. Um, like obviously there's a market research phase. There's a bit of a prototyping and testing phase. I was just curious sort of who you go to do you have mentors do you have people around you that you trust that you oh, ask the key oh, yeah, questions sorry. to just some of that kind of stuff god i answered that question so wrong. look it was, it was very it was very it was completely off topic but very interesting <laughs> um, oh god. thanks for sharing uh, so <laughs> so look we um did i go to uh 
mentors and a lot of different people. Yeah, look, I, I, I pitched the idea to heaps of, heaps of different people. I even caught up with my old history teacher and asked him, you know, oh, nice. would this make capitalism more effective if it was at scale? You know, like it was a, I, I um, but but I also don't really have a network of people who really understand the kind of social enterprise. So yeah. a lot of the people when I first poached and poached the idea, poached the idea, pitched the idea, yeah. um, were, you know, why are you wanting to give money away? Like, how are you going to survive? What are you going to do? Which is, you know, the, I, 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 reckon, I imagine every single person has who has tried to build a similar type of business has had similar conversations with with um with people um but i also you know it's it's been very clear to me that this is a a good model from the beginning so i guess at the end of the day it's um i don't i, I didn't actually have a huge amount of support to be honest for for, for that i'd like in in the sense of yeah go ahead this is a great idea go give it a go give it a shot um but I definitely had a lot of advice of this is okay. If this is what you're going to do, you need to put X, Y, Z in line and make sure you're doing the right things um, here and here. And Mike, um, now in the business, do you have mentors or directors or an advisory board, or are you just pretty much um, you know following your own um, gut, which has served you quite well at the moment? Mentors, um, a formal mentor. Do I have you know? Would I? If I took you formal, to... Formal, informal, whatever you like. Yeah, I, I would say informal. Yeah, yep. I would say informal. I would say I definitely have informal mentors. You know, I wouldn't necessarily, when I was introducing to them, to you, to them, you know, say, this is so-and-so my mentor, but I but I would definitely, they definitely operate in my life as mentor capacities. And, and you know, that that's also family members and my wife. God, I like, I, I'm, I'm very, um, I've got a lot of good people around me. I'm incredibly fortunate to have the people that I have around me in my life. So I can... Um, I get to bounce around a lot of people, and Dan, who um, works with me in the um, in the business as well, he's got an incredible brain and the way he thinks of things too. So, brilliant. Also, uh, a lot of value. Just turning to your, your your mission statement, just sort of reading a bit about like what you do and your impact model, and you talk a lot about some of the massive challenges that we have domestically in Oz and abroad, and you sort of highlight climate change and social and economic inequalities so so are they for you sort of some of the key things that we need to overcome to to be better as a society to democratize further to sort of level things out to be a more uh flourishing society i think that we have that there's so many layers to improving i i I guess across the board you know we've got a bit of a um a, a Bit of a ticking clock with it when it comes to t- when it comes to climate change, and that that really um, therefore applies a significant amount of pressure there. But then, in the same token, you look at the the poverty levels, and and how can you ask somebody who's living below the poverty line to care about climate change when they're just trying to get food on the table? So, like, so so the weighting of um, the different problems um, is. Is something that I, I, I think quite a lot about, and, and that you know, and that's also part of the reason why circle group structure is as it is, because I couldn't identify one individual problem that held more weighting than another. Um, where do we move to as a society? I, I think that um, you know we're in a very. I'm I'm incredibly optimistic about the future, and I believe that we can absolutely. Uh, create positive change. I think you know if you were to look, a lot of people would argue that you know from the the last century to where we are, we're currently living in a or a significant percentage of the population is currently living in a utopian world. And and so so how how do we how do we then scale that and create those opportunities for for the for the rest of the population? Um, I think it's important that we look to drive change um, internationally and in areas that that don't have the same amount of um, opportunity and, and I guess support that, that that we do, but I also think it's important that we look at the we that band aid fixes aren't going to do it. We need to we need to create systematic um, systematic change and 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 ultimately capitalism, you know, has worked for us to this extent. How do we? And I, and I believe in the free market. I believe in free opportunity. The fact that I'm able to pursue this is is incredible but, but how do we 
how do we take it and improve on it so that we're not we're fixing it from the core mm. and i and i and i truly believe that like as a as a cohort um social enterprise can play a really significant um a role in 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 making those positive changes that's really exciting to hear you speak like that i feel like it's a Call to arms, mate. I'm pumped. I think I need to start my own social enterprise. Well, I guess humans of purpose kind of is, but you know, you uh, well yeah. and truly do good, sir. Mate. You're, uh, nah, you're, you're killing it. You're doing day. a great job. Um, uh, look, I'm going to ask some dreaded tech questions just because it's fun to talk to another tech person every now and then. Um, Fantastic. Is, is it actually, is ChatGPT4 running your business and you're just there hanging out looking like you're part of it? Or? No, I don't do a thing. I don't do a thing. No, actually, it's funny because <laughs> we talk about the AI steps and, and, and we're talking to a lot of different, you know, organizations around around um, the utilization of data and data security as well, obviously. It's a, it's a, the, the, the shift of chat GPT is I, honestly, it's, I think it's almost concerning to be, to be honest, the fact that we've got, you know, um, an open letter from what is it? 1200 tech leaders in the world signed by um, Musk and Steve, what's his last name? Was it not? Was Was Thank you. That's awful of me. Um, the uh, saying, you know, to stop, progression of um machine learning beyond chat gpt or gpt4 for the for the period of time like we are we are looking at a a period of very worrying change but yeah no we um absolutely i'd be crazy to to not utilize it and it's funny because tools right what's 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 pushed humanity to what's progressed humanity i guess to where we are as a civilization you know it's it's working together as a community and our ability to utilize tools um, I guess two of the core core areas. There's more, but uh, and so is artificial intelligence just the next iteration of tool? Um, yet to be determined, but it's definitely going to bring some very interesting change. I don't know. What's your thoughts? What's I'm I'm curious. Oh, I've just come off a uh, a camping trip on the weekend where I was speaking to people deep in the space who have contemplated it yeah. far more than me, but I've got my thoughts. I mean, look, the, the first thing to say is that um, it does feel like a giant leap forward in some ways, um, probably similar, uh, as similar as from when you went from really basic dial-up modem speed to cable and ADSL2, mm-hmm. sort of sort of where you get latency images and videos online, like that kind of tech yeah. leap. Um, so it's big. It's definitely a game-changing thing that's happening right now. Um, I don't personally use it. I haven't used it. I might one day. Um, I think it's going to change a lot. Uh, I do think it's going to displace a lot of jobs, uh, which which I have reasonable fears about because I don't think our economy is ready to just take those people who are doing those jobs and put them into new jobs that don't exist yet. We have to create those jobs yeah. and put value to them so i think there is a role there and i, I often think about the um the analogy of um you know the, the best chess player the best chess player in the world is um centurion where it's a um it's an ai uh that that provides the recommendations to a human chess player and the chess the human chess player makes the decisions of what moves to make and that's that's the most effective chess player in the world um to date the beat kasparov and a whole lot of other uh very good competitors so i think um chat gpt and ai are very powerful tools but i would just call them tools at this stage they're not sentient mm. they require human judgment they require um a lot of input um from people and what more and more of what i'm learning as well is the quality of the output is so dependent on the quality of the inputs and the learning process and <laughs> well and and and, and, and who deciding what goes into the sausage machine so things that concern me for example would be things like um noted cases of chat gpt authoring uh research papers and you know you ask it for something and it does it and when you take a closer look it's just confabulated a whole bunch of the um uh, of the references and the where it doesn't have an answer for things it just makes things up um Mm. so the fact that chat gpt currently lies to cover itself is terrifyingly human yeah. um, I, I had i had that exact experience i've, I've just, quite literally had that experience and then i yeah. asked for more detail on it so mm. I, had, I asked for a, it asked for information it's it asked for a piece it provided about five or six dot points of information mm. with genuine um statistics basically that that i was going to quote and then i asked for more information and then it clarified and said this was incorrect this doesn't exist 
And I was like, what? <laughs> what? what? You're what? lying to me what? now? You're lying to me? Dead set. Dead set. <laughs> it's a oh, classic grain of salt type uh, scenario there. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty wild um, situation to be in. So, look, look, I think there's um, a lot of promise and potential there. Uh, would I be trying to have a personless workforce? Um, no, not at this stage. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to be very careful um, as to what conclusions we draw from um, from ChatGPT. And I think the other thing is um, what it doesn't do particularly well yet is um, understand the salience of certain types of information. So yeah. I heard I heard quite a good podcast extract the other day. I think it was um, Joe Rogan was speaking to Peter Atia, who's that sort of uh, life uh, longevity sort of you know medical expert, and he was yeah, citing yeah. an example of where he asked ChatGP to talk about you know um, a few questions around like uh, famous sporting events or the Grand Prix and what happened and what was notable, and um, ChatGPT like just did kind of like this is what happened, this is the history, but it didn't capture any of the actual meaningful parts of the events that that made it yeah. like a historic yeah. event. So yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't actually able to discern what was meaningful information and what wasn't. Um, it just kind yeah. of gave everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. look, there's there's work, but but I think it is, yeah, incredible opportunity for change and a lot happening and, um, yeah, certainly an exciting space. I do worry that we're in a bit of an area of um, AI being overhyped like um, oh yeah you know the and and it's the same that we used to see in the business for purpose and the the um profit for purpose kind of space where you had a whole lot of people about talking about all the great things that ai can do and chat gpt can do and whatever but i mean we're, we're really uh, in my view on the on a, on a long slow journey rather than a fast yeah journey, you know and, and that's totally fair like i, I think I, I think as a general population now though overhype is the new thing yeah i, I totally. don't there's no such thing as as a <laughs> you know if something's gonna happen if it goes viral you know yeah. like everyone's talking about it you know it's it's the the new shift of the new shift of um i guess popular opinion and um and and social media hype really and that's that's how it that's how it progresses um like- I, Sorry, you go. No, no, that's well said, mate. Do you want to finish your point, or? Yeah, well, like, I'm a, I, at the end of the day, I, I completely agree with. I completely agree with you in the context of um, it's definitely a tool to be used. I think that the fact that it is growing, I, like the compounding effect, is probably the biggest thing that that causes concern for me. Right? That's so. Yes, absolutely. Where it is um, now might not be arguably sentient um but who's to say you know based on where it's come in the last 12 months alone and how how rapidly that that learning has has come you know who who's to say that it's not going to but then there is also the point and this is you know this is this is part of the reason why humans a podcast is so important you're talking about data and access to information and what goes in doesn't necessarily make it good um i th- i look at it and i really worry about the amount of negative news that's out there and negative content. Oh yeah, um, and I and I, so that's why I think you know something like what you're doing, human's purpose, is so important. Particularly as we start jet, as we start moving into the um, predictive analytics and and um, AI learning from itself, like we we don't necessarily. I, I'd be very interested interested to know the statistics around how much positive um, is written down or, or reported upon versus the um, versus the negative. How much negative versus positive? And yeah, um, I've got the answer. It's, it's none. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. I laugh, but that's a. <laughs> that's it's a, it's basically none. I mean, I, let's, that's why most people don't watch the news anymore, mate. Yeah. Um, let me just take a quick uh, pike turn. We are going to jump into yeah, our sure. uh, new segment called Meditations, uh, based yeah. on Marcus Aurelius, who uh, had his back in two thousand years ago. Uh, one of the great Roman Stoic philosophers and emperors, and he would write a journal. And in that journal that was only meant for him, he would write his reflections on a few key domains of his life. Um, never meant to be seen by anyone else, but it's become one of the um, really the foremost pieces of um, instruction or advice on how to live a good and meaningful life that we have today. So on that note, no pressure, no big shoes to fill at all. But I thought I'd just touch on a few <laughs> yeah. uh, things I'd like you to reflect on, starting with wisdom. So yeah. can you consider, and let me 
fill me in, fill us in on a piece of wisdom you've received that has had the biggest impact on your life or career journey. If there's just one thing that's made that big difference for you that you've learned. Actually, I, I will share a piece of wisdom that was actually relatively recently um, shared with me, to be honest with you. And it, it was absolutely um, life-changing. Uh, to give a bit of context, I, I was explaining that, you know, talking about business and I, and I was explaining to this person saying, you know, well, I feel like I've been, I feel like the light has been at the end of the tunnel for so long that we're just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and I can't see. And I, you know, I, I see the light and then maybe we get to the light and it's a dangling, can, it's a dangling lantern and it's just, and then there's another light further up. Um, and then I, and then I said, you know, but in the same token, 12 months ago, we were, we got to that light at the end of the tunnel and, and, um, you know, we're out in the in the light, and everything was fantastic. But I chose to d- dive back right, dive right back into the tunnel. And um, and he said, you know, mate, anybody who has ever done anything of meaning to create meaningful change in the history of civilization has done it from that exact tunnel. Um, the tunnel's not going away. And he's like, I've been living in this tunnel for fourteen years, and the tunnel just gets crazier and crazier. But if you want to truly make a difference and truly do something that um, makes an impact, um, you need to get comfortable with the tunnel because the tunnel is not going anywhere. It's just going to be how you choose to interact with it, which, you know, that's a great bloody line. I, was, I walked off the back of that like all fluffy and, well, you know, it's cool. That's massive. That's massive. Thank you for that. That's mm. really helpful. Um, another thing I like to ask is just around health or well-being practices that you might have implemented that have made the biggest difference to your well-being or your quality of life. Yeah, certainly. Um, look, exercise is – I have to exercise. I go crazy if I don't. If I'm not, um, you know, if I'm not running as a, as a general rule, I need to, need to be doing it. I, I make a real point of um, doing uh, – I'll meditate from time to time. I try try and do it. I'm not I'm not not great at the practice. I find that um, probably the biggest thing that kind of keeps me energetic and keeps me focused is is exercise, some form of daily exercise. And if I'm not if I don't do it, I can notice the difference. It's it's quite um it's quite uncanny for myself. Fantastic. So another thing that is probably more of a personal curiosity rather than like what would be a general question for most people, but um, what are the essential parts or elements of starting your day right and ending your day right? Are there certain things that you have to do as rituals or routines that really help you on on your way? Starting and finishing is an interesting thing because I absolutely suck at routine, right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a good, but I do have kind of non-negotiables um, to, to, I think every day should absolutely involve gratitude um, and every day should absolutely involve love um, and, and, and they should be absolute non-negotiables. You should actively love and you should actively show gratitude every single day. Um, I, tr- I, try and, I try and do it when I wake up. I try and do it when I go to sleep. I try and do it every moment, really. Um, you know, do I have a routine to certain things? I mean, sometimes I, I'm ambitious to a, to the degree of I'll set a, an alarm at four thirty and then I'll snooze until seven. Sometimes, like it's a, you know, it's, it's I love the idea of routine, but I'm, I'm pretty shocking at it. But yeah, no, those are those are definitely non-negotiables that I apply to a day. That's perfect. What are you considering doing differently this year than you did last year, and why? So this is one that goes to experimentation. Is this, are we talking kind of uh, personally or within circle group or what's Can the, be either. Is it just if there's anything you're thinking of tweaking or changing in your approach or how you do things or how you think? I think I've, I've become, you know, a lot less social this year. Um, and because I'm historically a pretty, pretty significant people pleaser. Um, and it's just, it's just become probably out of necessity that, I, that I'm not able to be as much. Um, you, you got to focus on. You can only do so much, and so I'm, I'm making a real point to, uh, to to work on the things that matter, and to, to that are really going to add value. Like what's the what's the benefit of this right now, and and to be quite meaningful with with the work that I do and the conversations that I have. Um, 
not that I haven't been before, but I'm trying to really up the ante, I guess, is, is probably the, the, the biggest thing. And that reflects in the business as well. So that sounds like um, a focus on intentionality. Yeah. yeah. Very good. That's a much better word. Thank you. Good. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you later. Um, and, and the final one would just be aspirations. So this one is just about um, society. I know you like this one because of the circle group mission, but what do you think is one thing that we could do differently as a society to be better this year than we were last year? And that, that could be on a human level, that could be on a kind of policy or government level, it could be just a basic how we treat each other level. What can we as a people um, do better? I that's a that's a oh god, there's so many others. How do we how do we write a big old list? Um the I I think really we can't um make any change until we've uh fixed ourselves. Like you gotta and I so I think looking looking inside is probably the first thing that any anyone should do. And if I I, I feel like if everyone could take a moment and you know, take a take take a breath and smell the roses stop it's a busy world it's a busy life it's so distract it's distractions everywhere you know separate from that and take take a take a moment and, and um and I, I feel like that would um if everyone did that for just a just a minute and everyone in the world did that for just a minute i feel like we would we would see positive compounding results for years to come after it's beautiful Thank you so much for participating in the new segment. You nailed it. Um, and we're coming to the, the end of our little time together. How can people connect with you and learn a bit more about your work, Mike? Oh, yeah. Look, um, so we've got our uh, our website, so www.circlegroup, so circle with a Q-C-I-R-Q-L-E group.com. The, uh, the C was taken. Um, so we uh, <laughs> will, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely um, shoot us through a um you know, a request or you can reach out to me, uh, Michael at circlegroup.com um, or on LinkedIn, any, any, any of the above. I, um, I won't put my, my phone number on the podcast. That'd probably be unlikely. Yeah, look, you'll be inundated <laughs> from people wanting to uh, hang out with you, mate. So, look, it's been... <laughs> I, was, I was thinking more scammer calls, but, you know, you can... <laughs> Uh, look, all I can say is having spent time with you in person for a brief period, I would not be surprised if these people just did want to hang out. You're a great guy to be around. You've been a fantastic guest. I love what you've said about empathy. I think you've really driven home some important points about um, not just work, but what work can do for society. So I thank you for your insights, your honesty, your reflections, and just your humanness. Um, and thanks for being with me, mate. That's a very, uh, very lovely thing to say, mate. So I really appreciate um your time and, and for what you're doing as well because you truly are spreading spreading some incredible joy in the world and it's a it's a pleasure to chat with you again so thank you mate if you enjoyed this episode make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and why not share it with a friend or two if you want more from your humans of purpose experience become a humans of purpose member today through our new platform supercast all you need to do is hit the link in our show notes if you have a message to share with our audience about your brand, products, or services, we have a wide variety of paid promotional packages available. Please get in touch by hitting the link in our show notes.